I've gone through this and I struggled and so you're going to struggle. But it's like we're first year students. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am your host, Rick Jordan, and I'm pumped about today's episode because you hear me talk a lot about mainstream education, especially in the field that I'm in, cybersecurity, and how it's a little funky because it always keeps you lagging behind when you graduate. Now, today, if you get a lot of value out of this episode, share this. Please share this because that's how we grow. That's how we help more people. Share this episode out to three friends and then we're gonna really rock this thing and help a lot of people in the world. All right, today my guest, she is the Cyber Consultant. You can actually find her on social media at the Cyber Consultant and she is just about to graduate in former or formal education. It's so cool. Her focus is eliminate to the barrier of techn technical lingo and concepts, which I appreciate. I love the reviews that I get sometimes too that say, hey, Rick puts things in layman's terms. I've got that sitting on like LinkedIn right now. But Lakidra Smith, Lakidra the Cyber Consultant Smith, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Rick? I'm I'm super energized today. I mean, I'm that yeah. way every day, right? So let, yeah. <laughs> let's rock this today. Can we do that? Mm -hmm. Because I'm pumped. I'm right. so pumped to talk to you. You yeah. are just about to graduate, right? Right. That's awesome. What degree and where from? Um, management information systems with a minor in cyber criminology from the University of Alabama. Ooh, cyber criminology. Yeah. Yeah, that's sexy. And I'll tell you <laughs> why, too, because, it, it, you know, you know, going through the education process, and this is a thing that's in, because I have a managed security service provider that we're going public here in just a few short days, or actually when this publishes, oh, okay. we might be that at that point, which is cool mm -hmm. with, with our IPO. And yeah. When I talk to other people in my industry, I was just on stage yesterday, and there's a huge difference in even like the competencies in cyber, you know, because it's not like a one size fits all. And that's the challenge with, with internal IT folks. It's the challenge with even service providers because there's no possible way, especially, you know, in like a small and medium enterprise to actually cover all those competencies and stick within a budget for payroll by having the people on board to actually do what they need to do. Have you seen that? I mean, what's your experience, man? Because cyber criminology is awesome. That's like psychology, yeah. right? And the economics exactly. of it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> exactly why I love it. I love the mental part of it, the, um, the psychology part of it. That's really what drew me to it. But exa exactly how you were saying, it changes so quickly. Everything moves so quickly. The things that I learned, like my first semester of it, I was looking at my notes the other day and I was like, this is really outdated. <laughs> like, these things are really outdated now. <laughs> I was, I found like some of my notes. And I was like, wow, like this is what I learned. <laughs> like this is what they were teaching us in 201. Like, wow. And so, yeah, I don't know if formal education is all that, it's definitely not all that you need, especially you know, going into the workforce, you definitely need to do your own research and your own, you know, things outside of it, which is why I'm very happy that I wrote my own book, you know, and did all of that research because I found out so many different things I never learned in school. 
That's awesome. Now, your book is, a, I see it's a beginner's guide to cybersecurity, how to protect yourself in the modern world, right? Yes. Yeah, th- that's so cool because mm-hmm. that's a, it's a, it sounds like it's a good starting point for a lot. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you a little story here real quick. Th- there was a client of mine whose son graduated with, uh, with a master's in information systems and mm-hmm. he was trying to go out and get a job, right? And he had zero experience because he just went through like a straight six years of education and by the time he got out nobody would hire him you know and even though this is such a growing field and there is a shortage right now of people that are in our field and i feel there will be to come because this is such like an explosive industry meaning the need for us continues to just exponentially increase every single day and mm-hmm. when i was talking to him i'm like dude you've got like two problems right now because i was just trying to coach him i'm like you got two problems one you're over it's like your balance of education and experience is way off base you know so it's almost mm-hmm. like you have to you still have to go out there and start gaining the experience at a low level position to to build that up to start to match where your degree is at because you got all this knowledge in there but like you were saying Lakidra. You have to apply to, it something. Exactly. And your 201 course was already out of date you know, by yeah. the time you got there. So I'm right. telling them, like, dude, you've been in school for six years, and now you're like six years behind in your knowledge, yeah. too, because there was mm-hmm. never application, just like you said. Do you have friends yeah. that are going through this conundrum right now? Definitely. And we've all been scrambling to get internships every year. <laughs> like we're all every year, like we've got to get this internship. We've got to find internships. So, because at least at UA, we, they really push internships on us. Like Good. go get internships, go get that experience because you're not going to find a job. If you don't have the experience. <laughs> no we're doubt. Not. No one is. Did you ever? They don't s- want it. Oh, I know. They right don't on. want us without it. For sure, and that that <laughs> is that's so key too. Because I, I hope everybody heard Lakidra. Because nobody wants you in this industry unless you have experience. It's the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with, with your friends, you know, and with the internships, you know, have you seen mm-hmm. them be able to transition successfully into the job field right now? Because you probably have some friends that are maybe a little older than you. I don't know, but yeah. what have you seen their experience? Because you're just diving into this right now. Right. It it has depend. It depends on um, the amount of experience they have. Um, I think also networking is extremely important, especially in this industry. Mm-hmm. Who you know, <laughs> um, how many people you know, where you know them from, um, things like that are also very important. So, what you've done in school, extracurriculars, a lot of different things can feed into that. Um, aside from just internships. So I think all of that coming together, if you went the formal education route, is um, very important. I appreciate your perspective so much. You know, the formal education is not a, inherently a bad thing. It's not. Yeah, it, it, it gives you a lot of um, perspective, I feel. It's yeah. given a different perspective because I've done a lot of, you know, a lot, I've gotten a lot of leadership roles from it. Like I've been in a lot of different organizations and leadership positions and things like that that I can talk about in interviews and things. So I think that you can, if you play it right, you can get experience that's not exactly, the, it's not going to be work experience, but it's going to be experience. 
Yeah, no doubt. There's some good things, you know, because there's a, I know there's a, you know, a demographic that needs or, or could benefit from is probably a better phrase. The, the disciplines that are required to get through formal education. You know, and straight up, that's one of the reasons why I ended up not going that route because I, I was in college for two weeks. <laughs> that's it. And I'm like, screw this. This is not for me. But yeah. then that was it. I just, I just went out and gained experience. And my education mm-hmm. was very much accelerated in this field too, because I would do boot mm-hmm. camps, you know, it'd be like, like a fire hose worth of information. And then I would go mm-hmm. apply it. And it's something I still invest in today because in this industry, especially, or even in business in general, your yeah. education should never stop. It's not like you're going to graduate and it's, I know I can sense you and I appreciate you for this too, because it's like, I can tell that you're not of the mindset like, Hey, I've arrived, come and pay me this exorbitant salary because I completed my school and now it's time for you to just recognize me. And it's, it's, do you feel like you're almost like at the starting point now, like the starting line? Yeah, a bit. I feel like I've kind of, yeah, I'm at like, phase one almost like I'm at step one like because I think at the beginning of my schooling I might have felt like okay when I get to the end I'll be at the end but now the further I got I was like oh the end is not the end at all (laughs) (laughs) the end will just be the beginning that's so great That's so great. Oh my gosh. It's like, I just want to reach through and give you a big hug right now because you're, you're right in the thick of it right now. You know, it's also cool. And this is something, I mean, this is, might be like a tangent, but you're Mm -hmm. also a female and a minority female in this industry, which Mm -hmm. is sick. I love that. So congratulations. And thank you for stepping up because it is such a male dominated industry. You're just a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so in this extremely like testosterone <laughs> laden industry, what made yeah. you think I'm just going to jump in there in this pool of men? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what was wrong with me. Honestly, you have no it idea was... what's wrong with you. Is that what? You... <laughs> yes. Uh, I okay. I started school as a computer science major. It. I didn't really vibe with computer science. It just didn't really vibe with me. Um, I stayed in that for like a semester. Um, I also just didn't really vibe with the professors <laughs> that were there. Uh, sorry. Uh, but Don't be. Come on. Now, this is the real, real straight truth. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the professors there. Uh, so, and then I moved to being a chemical engineering major. I stayed as that for two semesters until I realized that, like, mm, that really, like, the tanks and all of that, that wasn't going to be my field of choice for life. That wasn't yeah. it. And then <laughs> I went back to my counselor's office and I saw the um, cyber criminology minor on the paper. And I was like, wow, this, this seems great. This seems like it would be something that I would really enjoy. And I checked that off. And then I already knew when I went there that I wanted to do the management information system. So yeah, that's nice. That's so cool. You were talking about the professors too. And I've been curious about this because I, I mean, I'm not in formal education right now, obviously, yeah. but yeah. what I've seen is just empirically that, you know, like there's a degree in entrepreneurship and it cracks me up that the professors that teach entrepreneurship have never really even been one themselves. 
you know, like they've never experienced the falls and like, like straight up being broke and trying to make things happen mm-hmm. or like me having newborn twins and zero dollars coming in when I lo- launched right. into this craziness, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, do you see similarities in MIS too? I think that the thing about, well, at least for BS, it was, the issue was that he had been in there so long that he didn't want to help. So it was like, well, I've gone through this and I struggled. And so you're going to struggle. But it's like, we're first year students. (laughs) We need help. And so he didn't want to help anyone. And when I got to chemical engineering, that professor, he was just like, well, I'm just going to let you all fail. (laughs) (laughs) He really just was like, well, you're all going to (laughs) fail. What is this? I mean, I I I hear this all the time. Are they like... Washed out human beings that have nothing better to do than just collect a paycheck? I have no idea. Because that guy, the chemical engineering guy, apparently the year before, he was really nice because he had great, great, my professor scored. I thought I was going to have a great year. And we got there and it was not the same. I know the first test I got like, everyone got like a 40 something. That was like the average. And I got like a, like a point above the average and everyone had forties. <laughs> was like, and he was like, I'm not curving. And the next test, we all got like forties again. And I was like, well, I guess I have to take a W cause I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So I, I just left because he was the head of the program too. Every time it was the head of the program. So I was like, I go. That's crazy. Now, yeah. here's here's another question that pops into my head. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a chemical engineering professor. Yeah. Right? Yet, you're in information systems. What the hell does chemical engineering have to do with management had, of information it systems? Nothing, it had nothing to do with it. I had a plan A. I had a plan B. And my plan A was computer science. My plan B was chemical, engin- chem- chemical engineering. Don't ask me why those from my plan a and b because i have no idea why um 18 year old me those my plan a and b like she she was something else yeah that no that's interesting that's uh, we won't we won't dive into that 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 split too much but i it's really cool because there's uh i think the stat two years ago was around 26 percent of college grads are the ones that actually end up working in the field that they studied in. You know, it's something stupid low like that. It's like right. one in four. So yeah. three out of four people that graduate with the BS or, or whatever, they will go to mm-hmm. work for like Taco Bell or something. not necessarily that, but just yeah. some other industry that they didn't even have their studies in. You know, so right. it's cool that you had those plans, but it's also cool that your major is something that is just highly in demand and really is not going to change from that stature in the next, yeah. I don't know, five to 10 decades. You know, so you're not right. going to have an issue finding a job as long as you, you go with the experience side. But what's also really cool is, you know, those three out of four people, you know, they just look at, okay, I'm just going to go find a job because now I need money, right? Because I've got all this mm-hmm. student debt that I've racked up over the past couple of years. And then they end up working that down for a long time and they get trapped in this like spiral of just nothingness. And then they look at their lives 10 years from now and they look 10 years back and like, what the heck did I do? You know, because right. it, what interested them in school doesn't even interest them anymore. You know, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you and for real, this is awesome because you've already written a book about this your handle on social media is the cyber consultant i'm a little jealous on that by the way but that's a that's a good pick on that good grab and 
you're diving into this head first to say, you know what, that's not going to be me. You know, I'm going to be the the one and four. I'm not going to be the three and four. I think a lot of people yeah. can learn from that. What What's your drive to just dive in head first like that? Well, I've always re really been passionate about computers. And so I really, and I also have always been passionate about helping people. So I really want to be able to spread awareness about cybersecurity in the best way that I know possible, which is also communication. I've been passionate also about writing and I didn't know how to incorporate writing with my passion for technology before now. Um, I got published in my school's textbook as a freshman and I was very shocked by that because my um, freshman professor just was like, oh, I'm going to submit your essay. And I was like, that was a terrible essay. <laughs> but he did it anyway, and it got published. And I was like, oh, wow. And then that's how um, the um, professor who um, sponsored me for this book ended up finding me. So that just kind of landed in my lap for this whole opportunity. And I've been able to combine those two passions and I've been very happy about that. And so after that, I've decided that I really want to use my passion for communication to be able to spread awareness. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. This is a good segue because let's talk about some cyber stuff today too. Are you cool with that? Yeah. Thank Definitely. you for diving into the education piece, because obviously I'm pretty passionate mm -hmm. about that. Right. And I, especially in this field, you know, I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of fields, especially if it's, you know, three quarters of America never ends up working in the field that they studied in. Come on now. Hello. Wake up right. call. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about cyber now, too, because yeah. uh, you're um, you talk about something called cyber curiosity, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. What does it mean to you? And, and just elaborate, please. Cyber curiosity. Okay. I like that. So it's something that I came up with. And so basically to me, it means that everyone should be cyber curious. Everyone should seek out to think more about what they're doing in the cyber world. And I call it the three C's of cyber curiosity, which is cyber awareness, um, caution, and curiosity. And so the cyber awareness piece is that everyone should be more cyber aware when they're um, exploring the internet and they should know the risks that are associated with everything that goes on in the internet and with cybersecurity. And the caution piece is that you should take a step back and stop and think before you take any actions on the internet where that posting something, clicking a link or anything of that nature. You should take a, you should stop, you should think about it and say, mm, is this something that I should really be doing? And the curiosity piece is that, well, the internet was created for us to be creative and to do wonderful new things. So yes, you should be able to enjoy it and to have fun. So I, the caution shouldn't take away from that. You know, you should still be able to be curious and to enjoy it. And yeah, that's what cyber curiosity means. I like that. So, so the curiosity, if I could rephrase just a little bit, because mm -hmm. what, what, I mean, what I'm hearing for me anyways, because this is my mm -hmm. filter, right, is eliminate the fear. Yes, yeah, eliminate I, the fear. That's I, what it comes down to. Right on. I see that so much in... in just the world because you, you know, well, just like the pipeline, right? A couple of months wow. ago, 
you know, that caused, at least on the East Coast, that caused such a gas shortage and for gas prices to rise. So, of course, mm-hmm. there's fear that's associated with that because that ends up being like, wow, our infrastructure was just attacked and it has mm-hmm. caused economic turmoil that directly impacts the, the pockets, uh, the bank accounts of millions of Americans. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's going to drive fear because now it's like, you know, if, if you're struggling financially already, which a lot are coming out of this last year with the pandemic, you know, now all of a sudden I have to account and thank God it was only for a temporary period, but I have to account for a larger fuel expense for my commute this month. I have yeah. to accommodate, you know, maybe I'm not going to go as many places, you know, so it's like a shift and it's like, wow, I have to just address this impact in my life right now but now it's like what if it happens again what if it's more serious next time how's it going to impact me more am i going to have to file bankruptcy because something impacted now my bank account directly with next time what is going on you know and then it becomes you know like knock 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 hello mr president can you do something about this please so that we're protected you know and and help us which he did sign into uh, law and executive order around cybersecurity, which i personally feel i was interviewed for an article around this that was a little too little too late it's like yeah it's like getting car insurance after you've been in a wreck (laughs) (laughs) that's what i saw it's not going to help you at this point it'll help you for the next car accident you're in which is important in this industry too because you know as well as i do that it's no longer like hey we're going to try to stop this right we're going to try to stop as much as we possibly can but we know we're still going to get hit Period. That's what cybersecurity is now turning into cyber resilience because just like you're saying, eliminate the fear because regardless, hey, you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yes. (laughs) So just like you you could get into that car accident, right? Whatever. Does that mean you just stay home? Does that mean that you never drive and carry on with life? No. You still need to live your life. That's exactly what the caution part is. Are you never going to drive a car again? Oh, but you're going to do your best to not get in the car accident. Yes, exactly. You still have to drive. You still right. have to use a computer. You mm-hmm. know, even with some clients, it's like, I wish we could just go back to like doing things how we were, you know, like there was a law firm. Oh my God. You know, cause they're, they're using so much stuff to, to help ensure that their filings are on time and organize stuff. And you need systems like software systems to do this properly mm-hmm. now because the courts have gone to electronic filings too. And yeah. it's like, can't we just go back to like paper filings? and all this stuff i'm like how many filing deadlines did you miss when you were doing that how many more people human beings did you have to have on staff and pay their salary when you were doing that method too and now you can do even more with a third the people so this thing that costs you like 10 percent more has eliminated two-thirds of your labor expense yeah that's the benefit Exactly. I completely agree. And I think that a lot of people don't see it that way, though. And that's kind of the issue is they don't see the benefit. You're right. And help me with this because you got me like on a soapbox today, which is awesome. (laughs) You know, thank you for this because your energy is phenomenal. I they don't realize this. So in your book, you, you know, you're writing. But how do you cross that barrier to them actually saying, oh, maybe I should think about this. You know, maybe I, I, maybe this is something that I need to pay attention to. That's a huge battle, isn't it? it? It definitely was a huge battle. I used a lot of stories, a lot of case studies, a lot of, you know, real stories of people who were hurt by cybersecurity um, disasters. Um, 
So that was really the key piece that I felt like would, you know, touch people's hearts was, oh, this person is like me and they went through this and this happened to them and it could happen to me. Like this woman was um, targeted for a romance scam and she lost, I believe it was $2 million to this man because she just kept funneling money to him because she thought that she was going to eventually one day meet him. And he just kept saying, well, oh, I can't come. And, um, you know, I'm on this construction site and, you know, I need money to get there and I need this and that. And, you know, it ended up that he was, uh, you know, from Nigeria. And, you know, even after the FBI told her, you know, it was a scam, she wouldn't believe it. She wow. would believe that, you know, one of the guys, it was like multiple people doing it. And one of them they were able to catch, but not the main one. And she was like, I don't believe that it was my, um, whatever his name was. I think it was Johnny. I don't believe it was my Johnny. <laughs> Air quote Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it was my Johnny. I don't yeah. believe it was him. Like she was just so like brainwashed and hurt that she was like, I don't believe it was him. To this day, she doesn't believe it was him. Yeah, I've seen that in, in person too, meaning the, my profile, you know, being as uh, with the following that I have, mm -hmm. there's fake profiles out there of me all the time, right. you know, and uh, we catch these as quick as we can. But I've even seen, you know, there was one person that contacted me that was like, are you for real? Are you crazy? It was like a DM, you know, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I, I saw they sent screenshots of a profile that somebody used the name Justin Cohen, but it was with all my photos, you know, everything that was available publicly, but it was the same thing. They started communicating with this woman over WhatsApp for financial gain, you know, promising the world to her kids and, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And like this pseudo online romance started over WhatsApp, but it was all through a fake profile positioning this dude was positioning himself as me using a different name like saying hey look at all the things that i'm doing you know right. i can provide you this amazing life and all these other things but all you have to do you know because i've got funds tied up elsewhere right now and all these business things mm -hmm. i just need you to send me the money here and there and then yeah. you you can then i'll start putting things together for you to i think it was to come into america and have a new life with me for your kids and all these other things you know it wasn't like two million but it was a lot more than that you know, so it, it was sad for me. I mean, these things, they break my heart, especially when I get contacted directly for something like this. And it's like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's quite obvious that you're talking with the real Mr. Rick Jordan at this point. And this is something that happens. Please just be aware and be cautious of it in the future. I wish that I could yeah. help you. But at this point, you know, your money is just gone. It's you know? just gone. Yeah. And, and it's now she's trying to, you know, at least from what she told me, she's going to have to work three times as hard and take on more jobs and do other things to build back up mm -hmm. that money because it was just sucking her dry for so long, thinking that, oh, this is somebody that can get me into America and have a new life for me and my kids. Sure, right. I'm going to dive into that, pulling at her emotional strings, you know? Mm -hmm. it, just, it kills me because this stuff happens all the time. Yeah. And see, that lady in my book, she had... She was in, a, I believe, an abusive relationship with her husband. Yeah. She ended up spending like all of her retirement account. Like it was a really tragic story. And so that's really what in my book I did is like just take a lot of different stories and try to pull it together with different terms and information to be able to convey it to people what is happening in real life. 
For sure. How do people get caught in these scams for the most part? What, what's the biggest method that you see where they get sucked in? Social engineering is probably the biggest problem right now, I feel like. That's Can you explain what that is? Because most of our listeners do not understand cyber terms. Yeah. What is social engineering? Social engineering is when people use conversation, talking to get into your life and to get into your pockets, mostly. And so they're not really using technology hacking to get into um to get into your accounts they're using the mind it's so cool because i I, i'm really pumped that you see and care about the human element with cyber because that's mostly what i talk Mm -hmm. about when i'm on stages now is Mm -hmm. the human side of it especially because i'm typically talking to my industry too it's like guys girls it's not like you can throw antivirus on there and then they're good Right. That's, yes, that's <laughs> a big part of my. That's yeah. a big part of my book. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you have like eighteen different tools, you're still not mm-hmm. good because it, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like a a, a, a software you can inject into somebody's brain you know, and re- yeah. re- rewire them that way. You know, mm-hmm. or, or put the shield around their activities and their behaviors to to help yeah. this. It just doesn't work. There's all yeah. you know. There, I was there's always some dude and it's funny because i pick on men this way i'm like there's always some dude in every company that will click on anything that they see (laughs) (laughs) that that person always exists the insider threat is always there yes right on and that's the unintentional insider threat too you know there's the intentional insider threat exactly not always but it's still a freaking internal threat (laughs) you know somebody's sitting right there it's still a liability definitely that's awesome most definitely yeah your your human touch in your books is amazing because you're using stories from Mm -hmm. real life you know for a Mm -hmm. a lot of these scenarios what outside of that one that you just told what's one of your favorites that you love that one of the stories that you told to say this is the real state of things come on wake up yeah um i told the story of the um the silk road I'm sure as you know what the Silk Road mm-hmm. is, but um, so to tell about the dark web and to spin that into the book, that was probably one of my favorite ones. For people who don't know what the Silk Road is, it was a really big drug marketplace on the dark web. So the dark web is the part of the internet that is not indexed by any search engine so you cannot access the dark web by google or any other search engine you would have to go through a browser that is like a call it onion browser which would be a browser like tor or any another type of browser like that um so they were on those types of browsers um selling things like drug illegal drugs um, sometimes murder for hire and all types of other very illegal things until they were eventually caught by the um, authorities. But it took a it took a good while, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah. it's um, you talked about the Onion browser too, and it's so mm-hmm. cool. You know, it's I don't know why, but my brain always goes back to thinking like Shrek, right? You know, it's like <laughs> ogres have layers. You know, <laughs> well, the dark web has layers. The internet has, has layers. layers. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and you peel those back, but it's hard. To, you have to have the right tools to access those too. Yeah. But even you know, there, there's the there's the internet, and then there's the the deep web, and then below that is the dark yeah. web, and then mm-hmm. there's like the these sites that are within that too. You know, like the Silk Road, and it, it's um, there's mm-hmm. all these different layers that exist within these things, and then there's even sites that are made to mimic sites in almost like the real world in the internet world too, to, that we can access right now that you can accidentally get to through other means and methods so it looks like the real yeah. site but yet it's actually right. a phishing site you know the the stuff out there is just crazy but again it's not it to really put you into fear you know but there's ways it's to just pre- knowledge yes exactly knowledge is power that's phenomenal you know what advice would you give to someone per- wanting to pursue a career similar to yours I would say that there are a lot of paths to this. And so you need to research about the different paths that there are to get to a career like mine and that you need to learn a bit about yourself. Like, like you said about yourself, are you, do you want to, you know, do a lot of self-learning or do you want to go a more um, disciplined route? Like, you know, traditional learning in college. Um, honestly, I probably, if I would have learned about myself earlier, I probably wouldn't have gone this route because honestly, I don't like uh, having to do like a lot of like tests and things that are like on a schedule, like homework and things like that. It really does like get on my nerves <laughs> after a long time. So I probably wouldn't have done it myself if I would have like really understood um, what I wanted to do at a earlier point and known that I could achieve a career like this without that, um, without taking this path. So I say research, research, research. That's the advice that I would give. That's so cool. Yeah, so everyone can find your book at lakidrasmith.com, yeah? Yes, or Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Yeah. I love it. And then make sure to follow her at The Cyber Consultants. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing on Instagram, on LinkedIn, wherever, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Same thing. You're amazing. Thanks for bringing just some awesome fire to this today. And yes, thank you. And start to keep rocking it because it, you are <laughs> down a path that is just going to continue to accelerate. You're like jumping into this in the right mindset. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.